Welcome to the Connection Codes podcast, where we take the emotions that take us from being disconnected to connected. I'm your host, Tara Wages, and I am here with marriage and family therapist and clinical sexologist, Dr. Glenn Hill and his incredible wife, Phyllis Hill. Today, we are going to dive into that moment where we are disconnected and we have to, one of us has to make the decision to do the right thing to bring us back together. And sometimes we don't want to make that decision. And so we're going to get to the emotion behind what leads us there. Um, And I want to share with you a free resource that we currently have on our website where you can go right now and listen to a private conversation that we have created about the emotion in sex. So you can go to connectioncodes.co forward slash sex talk. Welcome guys. Mm. Hello world. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. (laughs) Wow. Love it. Love that we can be back together. Yes. Yes. uh, It was really fun. Just yesterday, uh, I had someone over that was working on all my flower beds and a lot of joy in that, by the way. And I came out to leave, but I wanted to ask her something. And she goes, hang on. I'm listening to two famous people on their <laughs> podcast. And she was listening to our podcast. That's so awesome. a lot of identity in that. And just love that people are listening yes. and that this is making a difference. So, so much joy. Thank you, Tira, oh, for yeah. getting us to this point in all of this. Yeah. No, thank y'all. I love hearing that as well. I've had people message me on Instagram and say, we're enjoying this so much. And even talking with my mom about it, she's like, I relate to Phyllis so much. And I can just see how this is giving people the opportunity to easily share Mm -hmm. with people that they care about what the mission is. And that's bringing connection to humans. You know, that's the goal. And Mm -hmm. I can see how it's already playing out in, in my extended family. You know, I've been talking about it for so long, but now they can just click and listen. Yeah, so be sure that. and share this. And I'm really excited to dive into the episode today um, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. We've had a few people write in and say, well, what do we do if we're both not willing to like mm. make that move. Or sometimes I don't want to do the connection codes. Like we have mm. so much anger with each other or mm-hmm. past trauma that it's difficult. And, you know, recently Wes and I had a conflict and we actually shared the conflict on one of the episodes. We walked mm-hmm. through y'all in yeah. one of your in session yeah. podcasts. And so I was thinking back to that moment of me not wanting to connect. And that's unusual um, because I know how well this works. But in that moment, I had so much hurt and so much mm. anger that I was like, you know what? I I don't want to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to give him the benefit of me like just bending in, I guess. And um, and it was really difficult and he was so gentle and sent me an email because I was not answering his phone call, um, saying, Hey, you remember that language that we've learned, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I can't wait to practice that with you tomorrow. Yeah. And I literally laughed out loud yeah. when I read that, wow. um, cause it was so gentle and so kind yeah. of him. Um, and so I had to make that decision of am I going to show up in this, Mm -hmm. you know? And I realized like in my head, I was thinking, 
dang it, I kind of have to, you know, he just called me, he called me in Mm. and said, hey, you know better now. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, we have Mm -hmm. this thing that we can use. So let's do it. Um, And so why is it against my nature to want to Mm. show up still? Like, why is it so hard when I'm so angry with him? And I'm like, Mm. It's just easier to be like, I'm not answering your call. I don't want to talk to you. I'm mad at you and leave it at that. Yeah. Well, one of the things we try to emphasize so much is that Phyllis and I are just pilgrims on the journey, Mm. uh, just like everybody else. It's just the human condition. Mm. It's the human experience. And my fear so much of the time is that people think that we won the relational lottery. We Mm. got lucky. Yeah. You know, we whatever found the right one or something. And if that's the case, the odds of that are so small. I mean, there's 8 billion people on the planet. The odds of <clears throat> you finding the one that you that fits with you are pretty much zero. Uh, and we didn't marry the right one, and we didn't marry the right way. Uh, we eventually figured it out, and we now have the tools to do it. But that exact same thing happens for us. Um, of course, we're the founders of the Connection Codes, so there are times that Phyllis will say to me, you know, babe, do you remember the Connection Codes? I'm like, don't pull <laughs> that stuff on me, that yeah. psycho babble. Don't, you know. Um, and of course that always makes both of us laugh and, uh, which helps, uh, even in that, uh, exact moment. Right. Uh, but again, I just want to emphasize to people that we're just humans too. We're just pilgrims on the mm-hmm. journey and the exact same thing happens for us. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking of other couples, especially because we've been married for, you know, 40 years, that's mm-hmm. a long time. And we have and been around people who've been together a long time and they, they'll even say to us, yeah, we don't fight. Mm. And it, and they say it in a way though, that it's not a joy statement. Mm. It's, it's almost like, I don't see any joy in it. It's more that they know now what topics to right. completely yeah. stay away from. Right. And if anything, almost like they know their partner well enough mm. that if they get close to a topic, or close to what could be a fight, they just both shut down and walk away and they're just polite. And, you know, I know that when you kind of break that down, there's a lot of loneliness Mm. in that. And I was thinking back to the, you know, what you had shared on a previous podcast about the fight that you guys had and that, you know, in, in that, There is, I mean, even in the retelling of it, it's that there's a lot of loneliness that both of you experienced that Mm -hmm. night. You know, Wes was out of town in a hotel, you're home with the kids. There's a, for both of you, a lot of loneliness in staying disconnected, Mm -hmm. in saying in that anger, it's like in that hurt, because you felt Mm -hmm. the hurt, you felt that, that, you know, kind of that anger in it, but there's also tremendous loneliness. And I think that for us, um, we definitely got there, you know, in the early years we fought and it was, that was painful. I mean, just the, the yelling and, you know, you get to a point even where you think if you say it one more time, you know, the other will hear you. If you say it louder, the other will hear you. If you throw something across the room, they'll pay attention. They'll hear you. They'll finally get it. And then eventually you realize none of that works Mm. and it just causes more pain and more disconnect. And then I think a lot of couples go through a season of just calming themselves down and just being really quiet, right? but never really knowing how to resolve and how Mm. to really get to that 
emotional connection. Yeah. And, and I love that in, in, you know, I think Glenn was saying just a second ago that we are very much pilgrims on this journey and that we, these tools make a big difference in our lives yeah. every day. Right. And yeah, there are moments where you kind of go, you forget, or you, you have to show up for yourself even. And I love, and matter of fact, Glenn and I were talking about this yesterday, that I think if we could convey that this is so powerful for you as an individual, mm. like for you to show up for yourself, for yeah. you to be able to go, I'm going to find what's happening with me. Yeah, I am curious and I'm going to find it because I want to release this out of my body. Right. I don't want to carry this. I don't want to hold this. I want to show up for me. I'm worth it. I deserve it. Mm. And I want the physical healing for myself by releasing this emotion. Yeah. And to realize that, wow, there's a lot of power in that and that you deserve that for yourself and how your partner reacts is, uh, you know, almost like a choice for them. Right. But it's, they have to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's hard is because sometimes we just don't want to make the choice mm -hmm. to show up. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes it feels like it would just be easier or like they don't deserve for us to show up. You know, he has disrespected me or he didn't follow my, he doesn't listen to me. Mm. Um, and so he doesn't deserve for me to now be vulnerable with him. And, and that's what I was battling that night. And mm. at other times previously where I was just like, I, I almost just want to, this makes me sound like a horrible human, but I think that I'm not alone and I'm willing to show you yeah. my dirt, yeah. you know, um, that I almost like want to punish him, mm. you know, for yeah. not being what I needed him to be in whatever moment it was, you know, if he, cause that specific night he hung up on me, mm. <laughs> you know, we talked about that. And, and so I wanted to punish him after that and mm. said, Oh, now you want me to show up and do this connection codes thing right. with you. Yeah. No. And I really had to do some self-talk of like, mm -hmm. okay, I know that this is what we need to heal. We've got to use this, but in this moment, I really don't want to. Well, as a therapist with a whole bunch of seat hours, as a, a scientist, as a researcher that has been in hot pursuit of this uh, field for a very long time, uh, and one of my most repeated phrases to Phyllis is I'm fascinated by human behavior yeah. and I'm always wanting to find out what push the human behavior. Each of us is capable of doing stupid things, of presenting ourselves poorly. We mm, all do that. Right. But I want to find out, which I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not putting a check mark by, and I'm not saying, oh, well, tear is a victim, poor thing. You right. Know, uh, so I'm not agreeing. But I want to find out what happened because I know Tira. I know that Tira wants to be partnered with Wes. She volunteered for that uh, quest, for that mission. Right. Uh, she cares about her husband. She cares about her marriage. She cares about her family. So something funky is happening here that is blocking her from connecting with her partner. And I'm not blaming her for that at all. Something's happening to her. So I virtually always take things out of the active mm. uh, mode. Uh, and yes, I can say to Tira, well, you need to choose to connect with Wes, I guess, but something funky is happening that she wouldn't already be choosing to connect mm. with Wes, that she's not already automatically uh, 
connecting with Wes. So I want to find out what that is. And based on your description, uh, I think it's just the pain. It sounds like the, the pain that Wes became a pain source for you. Well, pain sends us the message that there's a problem. You need to make a change. Well, the easiest way to deal with pain is to get away from it. If you step on a nail, you don't wait an hour and a half. You immediately try to get the nail out of your foot. So Wes became a pain source for you, and I adore Wes. I think he's remarkable and wonderful, uh, and you do too. But in that moment, that's just what's happening. Tears, right. brain is firing pain. This is a pain source. I want to move away from him. And he, this pain source is saying, hey, you should connect with me. And this girl's brain is going, uh, no, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> you just brought me pain, and if I connect with you again, you're going to bring me more mm. pain. And we observe this all the time in sessions uh, with couples where – uh, one of them feels hurt by the other, and then the 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 other reaches to touch them, and they literally their bodies move away, like they mm. will turn their back to them. Which, of course, then the the other feels pain as well, and so now they're in this pain cycle. Mm. Uh, but what happens if I feel hurt by Phyllis and she reaches to touch me? My brain says she's a pain source. Be careful; mm. she's going to hurt you again. Uh, no, I've been with this girl a long time. I know that she cares about me, but mm. my brain in that moment is just reacting to the pain. Right. And that's really interesting to think through that in my head, because I can remember specifically that night telling him, you know, I, I didn't feel safe with him mm. in that moment. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I really, because I'd already vocalized you you haven't followed my energy. You've resisted me. Um, and, and he was doing it out of good intentions, you know, mm -hmm. but that's still what was happening yeah. with me. And then hanging up, well, so then the next morning rolls around and mm. I have to make that choice because now the emotion, like, I'm not flooded with emotion anymore. And I have to make that choice to show up with him and and to go through this process, which once we're together again, it, it's easy to do that. We mm. were able to do that. But in thinking in the moment, texting him and saying, I'm not talking to you tonight. It was because I felt fear with him. I mm, felt like it yeah. would escalate. And um, we've heard from someone else saying that in their home, the phrase what's happening with you mm. has now become a trigger for the mm. other person. Um, and so is it more than likely because the other person is feeling an emotion, like they feel fear, they feel that's keeping them from that connection? Right, probably. But I want to finish up with the other thing. Okay. One of the things that uh, Echo, our oldest daughter, who works with us with the Connection Codes, one of my favorite things that um, she presents is, uh, you know, for for so many parents, out of a good heart, good intention, I'm not judging their motivation in it, but their child falls down and gets hurt, and they will say to the child, mm. uh, you're okay, you're okay, you're fine, you're all right. And one of the things that Echo says, she goes, no, 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 no they're not okay. Right. They will be okay when they're okay. And again, parents are doing that because they care about their kids and they don't want the child to experience pain. But the child is feeling pain. The child is not okay. Right. And whenever the child's okay, then they will be okay. And I've mentioned before, I can remember my parents, would, uh, and I'm sure they were doing the best they knew how at the moment, but my parents would say to me, stop your crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Yep. And I can remember even <laughs> when I'm five, six years old thinking, no, 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 I, I don't cry as a hobby that I already have a reason. I don't need another reason to cry. 
I didn't say that to my parents or I wouldn't be here today, but um, I just always thought that doesn't make any sense. Even mm-hmm. when I was six, I could tell that that's illogical. So um, the, the point being, when Tira was 12 months old, 15 months old, if she experienced a similar, a parallel experience as what happened with Wes, she would have cried mm. until she was finished crying. Mm. How long would that have been? I have no idea, and I don't really care. So if Tira would end up crying for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, three minutes, eight minutes, well, that's how long she's going to cry. As adults, we tend to not do that. So mm. the equivalent, maybe, uh, the parallel maybe would be for Tira to talk to Wes and just literally say pain until the pain subsides. Mm. And that's probably not going to be 30 seconds, for, but for her literally just to look at him and go, Pain, 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 hurt, hurt, hurt. I feel hurt. I feel sad. I feel lonely. I feel pain. There's pain. There's pain. There's pain. And for Wes to just be ooing you all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and that feels really weird to us because we don't function that way societally. But when we sit with couples, we'll often do that just to get them to keep repeating it until it begins to dissipate. And I don't care if that's 30 seconds or 60 seconds uh, or two minutes. And if the other is able to ooh them, uh, that emotion will subside. That emotion will dissipate uh, much, much quicker than we even think that it will if we're allowed to just keep uh, repeating it. So that's what blocked, I'm convinced, that's what blocked Tira from West mm-hmm. is the pain was still there and then the fear of future pain. Yeah. I would say. I love that analogy that you just shared that Echo says with, you know, about her kids. That happened this morning mm-hmm. in my house. I was getting ready. My now five-year-old came in the room. I fell, I fell, and he has tears, you know, Mm. and instinctually I said, are you okay? Mm. And he walked out the door Mm. and it hit me in that very quickly. No, he's not okay. Mm. He just came in here crying and he left the room. He didn't Mm. even respond to me saying, are you okay? And so then I said, where's the hurt? Mm. He immediately walked back into the room, showed me his knees, here is the hurt. Mm. And so I looked at Wes and I said, we need to stop asking them Mm. if they're okay. They're Mm. not okay. We need to be asking them, where's the hurt? And so we do that even now. That's so good Mm. as adults. You know, where's the hurt? Mm. That's essentially another way of like, what's happening with you? And so it may be because we ask... You know, this lady wrote in and said, what's happening with you mm. is a trigger now in their home. Mm. And what's happening with their partner more than likely is a pain, a fear, mm-hmm. a hurt. Yep. And so maybe even asking the question, if they can tell their partner is triggered, yep. where's the hurt? Mm. What's the hurt? Yeah, wow. uh, The pain and the fear of pain. You know, we've done a lot of research on that where, you know, somebody takes a stick and they, you know, swing it really fast at your arm or something. Your, the pain region of your brain will trigger even if they don't hit you. If they stop it, you know, they're doing oh. it on purpose. They stop it right before it hits your skin, and the pain region of your brain uh, triggers. So there's the fear, and the fear region activates as well. So the, there's the fear of the pain. So, and of course, we could go, no, he didn't actually hit you with the stick. You shouldn't feel pain, and you shouldn't feel fear. Well, of course, you're not trying to feel pain. You're not trying to feel fear. But we anticipate that pain experience, and... So the fear kicks in. So my guess would be, and this is side unseen with this uh, family dynamic, but probably people, uh, the members of the family feel fear. That was certainly true for Phyllis and me for so long. I had so much fear of her. And to this day, and if you followed us around, 
you'd think Lynn's an idiot because Phyllis is incredibly safe for him. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say absolutes. I don't like to say 100%, but dang near 100%. Mm-hmm. She's safe for me. Right. She's virtually 100% safe for me 100% of the time. But that doesn't mean I always feel safe with her. The trick now is that I just tell her in the moment, I go, ooh, I feel some fear. She does the three phrases. Oh, what's happening with fear? What am I missing? Uh, so my guess would be in this situation that you're describing this family environment that there's a lot of fear of pain based on, it's what we call trauma, based on past events. And so now whenever the mom or whoever you said it was says what's happening, there's the anticipation that you know there's going to be pain here in the next 10 seconds, 30 mm. seconds. Well, yeah. it's so interesting. You know, I, I think I, I do experience sadness when I mm. hear that things, you mm. know, of the connection codes can cause a trigger mm. or can cause mm. more pain. Like, you know, or we've even heard the expression, oh, it he uses it as a weapon, mm. you mm. know, and, and I, I do have to accept that there's a lot of things we can use as a weapon. I mean, even an apology, we've, you know, we've definitely mentioned this before that I have seen that play out in our early days. You know, it's kind of, and I think Glenn mostly felt it as a weapon. I would say, well, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. Well, he experienced that Mm. as a stab, Mm. not as a true form of connection, right? Not a bridge for sure. And, and so I'm sure that, you know, kind of getting to the bottom of, of, in that, like in the fact that there's certain terms with the connection codes that are causing uh, pain is mm. to kind of get to like the bottom of that. Yeah, and that's part of the power of the third phrase of the three phrases to be able to say, ooh, what's happening? I missed it. Uh, and that was so powerful for us uh, for many years. Uh, and I think more fellas saying it to me, uh, uh, hopefully it was mutual, but for Phyllis to say, I'm missing mm. something here. And as parents, Phyllis and I have gone back to our, because we have four adult children, and we've said to them, we, I think we missed stuff. So I'm thinking about what happened when you were 17. What, what happened for you there? I felt like I really missed that. And we've literally gone back and gone over lots and lots of wow. situations yeah. uh, with them. And we're so connected now as a family, we're safe enough with each other that the most hysterical settings I ever have is when my four children start talking about growing up with their dad and uh, Mm. which happens to be me and just hear, and they (laughs) embellish a bit. Uh, But the stories are hysterical. uh, And some of them, an outsider might go, well, that's really hurtful, but I'm just entertained by it now because I'm like, yep, that's, that's the way I function. That's the way I operate. And it drove them nuts. And they didn't know what to do because you know, they're eight, 10, 12, whatever. Uh, but I'm able to say to them, yep, yeah, I missed on that. Oh, shoot, I missed on that mm. too. So that might be a big thing in this family situation you're talking about for the mom. Did, did you say it was the mom? Did uh-huh. I get that right? Mm-hmm. You know, for the mom to be able to say, I think I'm missing on some stuff here. Yeah. Can you help me get what I'm missing? What, what all happens for you there? Because as Phyllis said, the, the what happens can become weaponized. Like, well, what happened for you? Well, now we're not inviting them. We're kind of commanding them we're demanding that's a whole different experience well i think too and again it'd be great if for some of the listeners just to even help us and how we present this how we teach this if some of the listeners if this is ringing true for you for you to write in and to explain this a little better to us how it becomes a weapon in your relationship Mm, 
because I think we don't we don't use it as a weapon in our marriage, right. and so sometimes it's hard for us to understand how it can play out. Mm-hmm. But what one thing that is coming to my mind uh, in those scenarios is to uh, to start with yourself, like in the in the idea of what's happening for you. It's almost like it puts the pressure on the other person right. in that moment right. instead of going to what is happening for me. Mm. I want to share with you what's happening for me. Oh yeah. And how important that is because I think that there's times where we do point the finger. Yes. Mm. Like we demand mm. like right now tell me what is happening with you instead of vulnerable in a vulnerable way sharing what is happening Mm. with me. And, uh, you know, I I remember, and I think we've shared this on a podcast, an incident where Glenn and I sat down and did the wheel and I asked him, um, it was coming, I had been gone on a girl's trip and I I was coming home. I came home and we just in the car ride after dropping off all these different girlfriends of mine, we had a super big disconnect and I didn't even understand or know what was happening with Glenn and it didn't make any sense to me. And I just had had this fabulous trip Mm. And Glenn had picked us up at the airport. And so when we got home, I asked, could we do the wheel? And yeah. Glenn didn't want to in that moment. But then I, I said, can I yes. do the wheel? Can mm. I share? And and it was, I think it was really out of desperation. Like right. I was so confused in that moment mm. and so hurt by his reaction, mm. like, I, I just was really confused, but I knew that if I started with myself, yeah, but it was difficult. So, cause I had to be vulnerable. Right. And I, you know, and I, as I started to do the wheel, I know that I, I was crying because mm. in saying every one of those, it was like, I felt so vulnerable mm. and in my confusion, cause I really didn't understand all this energy that was coming at me from him mm. But I made it, I was willing to be vulnerable first. I was willing. And then I remember when I was done, it was almost like I saw that Mm. he started to melt. Mm. Like I could see it. I could see it in his demeanor, like even body language. Like he was kind of stiff and and almost like sitting there just still fuming. Mm. And and as I shared and as my tears just flowed and flowed, um, he began to melt and I could see his body relax. And then when I asked him if he would do the wheel, he still didn't want to. And I just made space for that. And then though, because I made space and I didn't react and I didn't point my finger at him and be like, this is so, this is the, you know, connection goes like do it. Then within, I don't know if it was a full minute, it might've only been 20 seconds. Then he began to do the wheel and then I heard his heart and then I understood, Oh my gosh, there was so much coming in, in just his fear that I wouldn't come back home and his loneliness while I was gone. Like, Oh my word. Then I understood what had happened in the car, like what had blown up in the car on our way home. Well, and it took you, I think that moment you walked in the house, mm-hmm. you were disconnected. You didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we want to just be like, well, if they're going to act like that, mm. I'm done. And that is our life 
pre-connection codes. Mm. That is what we would have traditionally done. And so that's why I keep thinking, I tell myself the phrase of when you know better, you do better. Because Mm. now that I know this, I'm called like because I want to be better for Wes, because I want to be connected for him. We have to, we are now, I'm responsible for stepping into that space of vulnerability um, because we otherwise we'll just live disconnected Mm. Mm -hmm. and how much better it was for you, even though you were hurt in that moment to be willing to be vulnerable. So you could reconnect within, I don't know, an hour's time Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. spending the rest of that day at odds. Yeah. But again, if that had happened for Tyr when she was 12 months old, she would have just kept crying. Right. And I'm not trying to get everybody, all the adults in the world, just cry all the time. Uh, but I almost wish they would, when they need to cry, just cry. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then at least uh, Wes would see that, oh, she's crying. So there's some, there's still something happening for her. Mm. And, you know, when Phyllis did the wheel, I mean, I remember that so distinctly, and that's the Connection Code's protocol, is that uh, vulnerability begs for safety. Mm. So whenever I see her vulnerability, mm. um, I virtually can't. Uh, I know technically I could, but I virtually can't not fall in to her, not be present for her. And, and you know the the example that we give. You know, if you walk out of a restaurant and you see that somebody's fallen on the ground, they hit their head on a brick wall, and there's blood on the ground. It is coded inside of you. To help that person, we virtually can't, you know, if you and I, Tira, did that, we went to lunch and we walk out and there's somebody on the ground bleeding, you know, I can't look at that person and go, whoa, that's a lot of blood. Look at that. Huh. wonder what happened to them. Well, anyway, you want to go get some coffee? I just can't do that. I right. see this person. They're in a position of vulnerability. You and I would both gasp and we go, oh my gosh, what happened? And we would rush to them to, to help them. So once Phyllis showed me her vulnerability, mm. once... She especially, and she actually did physically cry. Uh, but even if she wasn't physically crying, just for me to see what's happening with her, it just calls out safety. Right. Uh, for me, there's a story in the book about a couple that uh, they set their phone every day to do the core motion wheel together, mm-hmm. and they they were in a conflict, and uh, their phone alarm went off, and he walked in and he threw the wheel on the floor, and uh, he said, "It's time to do the stupid wheel." And he was so <laughs> mad at her. And when he shared it with when they shared it with me, he said, "I was mad at her." I wanted to be mad at her and I wanted to stay mad at her. Right. But the phone had gone off and we were programmed mm. to do it every day when the phone goes off. So, and then he said, uh, and you're going to have to go first because I need to ooh you for two minutes. And so she did the wheel and shared what was authentic, what mm. was vulnerable for her. And when he they shared the story, he said, I found myself losing the anger. And yeah. I, was, I was frustrated even that I was losing the anger because I wanted to be mad at her. But right. it started dissipating, and two minutes later, I'm like, eh, you know, the anger's kind of gone. Right. And then I shared with her vulnerably for two minutes. She ooed me the whole time. And four minutes later, I kind of still wanted to be mad, but I just virtually couldn't because I had seen her. Yeah. Uh, I'd seen her in her vulnerability. She had seen me. She had been present mm. and safe for me, and that changed the whole dynamic. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is like how I was feeling. I wanted to just stay mad. Like I mm-hmm. wanted anger is kind of a, it feels safe. Mm. It's a safe space. Yeah, and, it is. You know? And so yeah. it's easier to be mad than to step into that moment of vulnerability. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it takes that person, even if they're, when you're feeling mad, like, and that is actually the 
that should be our trigger. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I'm feeling mad. So I need to step into a position of vulnerability, yeah. especially if we're with someone that we know we are safe right, with. Right. Um, yeah, but you might not feel safe in that moment. Right. But again, for me, I would rather tear in that moment just to literally just go anger, 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 until it begins to dissipate. I don't care if she says it 300 times. Uh, hopefully Wes could just ooh her in that. And pretty soon, and you know, we always present that, uh, my theory is that virtually all anger in interpersonal relationships is secondary anger. There's something underneath it. There's a core emotion underneath it, which is why we call it secondary because it's second. The core emotion is what happened first. It could be a microsecond, but it still happened first. So once Tira says anger 134 times, then she's going to, with herself, go use the three phrases and go, oh, okay, so what's happening for me? What happened before the anger? What am I missing? Oh, there's pain. Yeah, babe, I felt hurt, 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 pain, pain, pain. I feel pain. I feel pain. Again, hopefully Wes can ooh her all the way through. Uh, So my goal is just to get people to their authentic self. Uh, And I believe that Tira has the right to exist, the right to be human, the right to experience what she's experiencing, and the right to convey that experience every time, anytime that it happens. You know, I think about um, how many of us, like you've said it several times, uh, almost like I'm, I want to stay angry cause I want to punish him. Mm. And I think that in a lot of relationships, we do function that way. We think you hurt me. My, I'm going to punish you for that. Right. And if you play that out, it's like, I'm going to punish you so that you won't hurt me again. Mm. And after years and decades, you realize that doesn't work. Yeah. That actually does not work. It doesn't serve its purpose, and right. and the we almost wound ourselves more mm-hmm. in that mindset, mm-hmm. and and so if if we're willing to look at the failure in that mindset and step away, step back, you know, look down on it and go, oh yeah, I've tried that, and it actually does mm-hmm. not get me where I want to get to in this relationship. So I'm willing to try something different. Right. And that's what I love about the connection codes in the sense that, and I hear Glenn say that so often in session, he's like, for the next 30 days, do it like this. And then let's talk about you. It's almost like you've got to see, wow, this really works. Right. Like if you do something, you can keep doing it that way. Yeah. Stay angry, punish, fine. Try that. But that's really what you've been doing for a long time. Yeah. And it didn't get the relationship that you yeah, wanted. Absolutely. It didn't get the reaction that you wanted. Yeah. You might get an apology out of it, mm-hmm. you know, or you might see the other person, your partner or your friend, how whoever you treat this way, grovel. Yeah. But in the end, you, it's not, you don't even feel victorious in yeah. it, you know? Yeah. And so to see that, okay, so actually for me to be vulnerable and to say, I felt so hurt by the fact that you hung up the phone on me and to get that vulnerable and then to see that genuine reaction from the other person, that's when you start to realize, wow, emotion really does connect us. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps too, just to recognize the the biochemics of anger. Anger produces uh, epinephrine, which is adrenaline. Adrenaline is the fastest way to power up. Oh wow. Well, if I feel wounded, 
Mm. Uh, I feel small. I need to protect myself. I got to do something. It doesn't matter if it's Phyllis who's not actually physically wounding me. Mm. She's not actually going to rip my throat out. We reference it as a wolf uh, a lot of times. Uh, she's not an actual wolf, but in my brain, it, my brain's reacting the same as if she was an actual wolf. Mm. Uh, the brain doesn't distinguish physical pain from emotional pain. So the pain that I'm experiencing or about to experience with her is the same as if I was seeing a wolf in the woods and it was about to rip my throat out. So I power up. I have to do something to protect myself from this wolf, whether a literal wolf in the woods or a fellas uh, in our home. So the epinephrine kicks in, which is adrenaline. So I get powered up and... But that's the body trying to protect itself. That's the psyche protecting the individual. That's not wrong. Uh, we just want to be able to find out if it's primary or secondary anger. And if it's secondary anger, find out what is underneath that because mm -hmm. that's connecting. Secondary anger, again, as far as I know, never is. Absolutely. And I think back to to that night because I texted him back after he hung up on me and I just said the word sad mm. and that's, amazing. that's the only wow. thing that I could and I was like I don't want to say I can't I'm not talking to you yeah. this is the only word that I can give you tonight mm. and I, that is ultimately I know it sparked him emailing mm -hmm. me yep. after that yep. and saying hey yep. let's use the connection codes yep. Yep. And well so, and can I interrupt Cause, yeah because you could have emailed you could have texted him and said you're a jerk yeah and I yeah. think you would have been correct you would have been accurate and, you know, we always say that you can be totally correct and absolutely wrong. Uh, because, yeah, I think that was pretty jerky for Wes, and I adore Wes, but for Wes to hang up on his wife, well, that's pretty crappy. So, yeah, Tira would be correct in telling him that he's a jerk. But she'd be absolutely wrong relationally. Mm -hmm. uh, and she wouldn't be authentic. What was authentically happening with her is the pain. And sadness mm -hmm. fires in the pain region of the brain. And she felt pain she felt sadness mm. she wasn't trying to feel pain she wasn't trying to feel sadness she just did yeah and you doing that and that's what we're always looking for in any relationship any interaction is just an insertion point yeah and that was an incredible insertion point for you just to text him and say sad and the only thing i'd say is i think maybe you should have texted him 48 more times mm. sad <laughs> yeah because then he'd get oh yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> she's experiencing a lot of pain right okay let right. me let me be present Right. Because again, that vulnerability calls out his uh, safety, which it sounds like it did anyway, which is spectacular. Yeah. And cool. so I will say, because I have one more point to make about this that I've mm -hmm. thought about with a different emotion that can cause me to not want to mm -hmm. do the wheel. But I will add here to go back and listen to that episode. If you mm -hmm. haven't, that's our mm -hmm. first in session with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis, where we are working through this issue that night because what y'all shared with us was groundbreaking. Mm. I mean, we, we walked away with that wow. with our minds blown, mm. honestly. Wow. Um, and so it's a great episode for a couple who, especially somebody that is struggling with being away from each other a lot or, mm. or struggles with guilt in their family. And so go back and listen. But one more emotion that I have thought about as we have processed this times that I don't want to be the one to initiate, Hey, what's happening with you or mm. here's the the will let's do it is when I recognize and I'm feeling my shame mm. because I'm the one that screwed up. Mm. I know that I've caused hurt here. I have caused pain. And by me initiating this, I'm like, Oh gosh, I've got to admit that I was the jerk this time. Mm. And so sometimes it can be our shame that may hold us back from wanting to to initiate. And so I think that goes back to Phyllis. What you said was 
before we start looking at, well, what's happening with our partner in those moments of conflict and disconnect, asking ourselves, what is happening with us? Because then I can say to myself, oh, Tier, you're feeling shame right now because you were being a jerk. So you, you need to step up or I can say, Hey, I'm feeling sad right now. And so I need to convey, Hey, I'm feeling a lot of sadness right now. So he knows where he is at and it's connecting and he will want to step up, you know, in that way as well. Um, And so I think that this was so helpful. I know it was helpful for me for sure to just realize that, man, even in the moments where it's difficult, even in the moments where it is so hard to be the one to say, Hey, what's, this is what's happening with me. This is, this is my hurt. Um, what, what's happening with you in a loving and gentle way is so much more effective mm. than punishing each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you're right. It doesn't get us anywhere other than mm-hmm. a continual mm-hmm. cycle of pain. Mm-hmm. And that pain lasts way longer mm. than those Absolutely. moments that we encounter mm-hmm. here and there now through this. Mm-hmm. And so thank you so much for that. Um, as we wrap up today, let's go through the core emotion wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Show how this thing is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You mean to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, okay. Yesterday, driving, uh, watching the two cars take turns running off each other off the road. Wow. <laughs> there yes. was a lot of fear. That was, I was crazy. And we were 50 feet behind them. I yeah. thought, okay, this is going to be a seven mm. car pile up and we're going to be one of them. Wow. A lot of fear yeah. uh, in that. Uh, let's see. Uh, felt hurt uh, a couple of days ago. Um, just I was trying to work out our schedule and I'm always behind. I just have mm. the darndest time yeah. keeping up. Uh, it's like grabbing a handful of water. I can just never. <laughs> Keep up, and uh, it seemed like you were a little bit frustrated with me, yeah. which I get. But uh, there's a little bit of pain uh, mm, in that. I, uh, I feel lonely in that sometimes because I, I kind of play a unique role. Uh, mm. We're very much on a global quest, and uh, I don't feel competent in so many areas in taking mm. this to yeah. eight billion people. Wow. Uh, and some loneliness in that, and some shame in that. I'm like, mm. oh, I wish I could, wish I could be better. I could wish, wish I could handle more mm. stuff uh, some guilt in that at times especially this week you know you've been having a tooth issue and mm. i just feel guilt that there's so much on you and you're amazing at it but mm. you know we kind of don't have uh, an off day uh, right. so right. i'd love to be able to blow things off for mm. several days while you're experiencing mm. what you experience dentally um some anger in that uh, mm. i hate it that we end up having pain issues uh I'd love to live a life where we never had the, the slowdowns, but yeah. that does happen uh, sometimes. A little bit of sadness in that too, uh, at times, just trying to figure out how to schedule stuff and uh, you know, just issues that we have to handle. Mm. Uh, so much joy getting to do all this with you. Unbelievable. I mean, I'm mesmerized uh, every day. Uh, mm. Pretty much every aspect of our life uh, of course, our sex date the other night was spectacular. Mm, uh, you yes, always it was. Laugh at me when I say it was the best ever, but I think it might have been <laughs> hard to tell. It was amazing. Wow, thank you. Uh, well, you've already brought up the um, yeah, I'm having tooth pain. Mm. Um, feel uh, I think definitely sadness in that. Mm. Uh, you know, physical hurt, sure. Mm. But just um, 
And, and, you know, we kind of talk probably the whole wheel, you know, as far as even guilt, uh, and that I don't have better teeth, mm. you know, that it's, wow. it always gets down to this and it kind of crops up from nowhere. And all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, I have to deal with this. I can't yeah. put it aside. So yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of emotion around my, mm. my teeth. Um, I was thinking though, just more specifically about the two of us. And, and I know I expressed, um, some kind of guilt over something the other day and, and you are piping in that mm. you're getting to know me, you know, and then right, I, yes. um, and then I shared with you just that felt some, I think specific hurt mm. that you're, I said, you're not ooing me well mm. right, yes. because you are so fascinated by my expression of guilt. So, um, there was some hurt in that. Mm. And I, you know, appreciated your reaction mm -hmm. in that as far as recognizing that. Um, sad that uh, I have not been able to get out into my flower beds that, mm. you know, we've been Whoa. so busy and yeah. I, I don't know quite how to always manage that. You know, feel guilt that I don't get more done in a day, mm. um, that my energy isn't better. And then I had a friend remind me that when you have tooth pain, mm. it totally wow. zaps you of energy. So, yeah. yeah, I get that. I hear that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's that combination, too, of just shame of um, not knowing this season well enough to know um, how to be productive, but also give myself time to just be outside yeah. and play yeah. in the flower beds. Because I know that's important to, to do that, but I don't always know the balance in that. So I do feel shame in that. Um, fear, I think, uh, just really right now in the moment as to, you know, having to go through all the pr process and procedure of getting a tooth pulled mm. and an implant wow. done. There's, I've had too many things go wrong in the past when it comes to that. So there's definitely a layer of fear yeah. for me in that, wow. um, Let's see, joy that we are getting to go away next week, mm -hmm. right after I have yeah. a tooth pulled. <laughs> yeah, ex yeah, a vacation we'd planned. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. So a lot of joy in that. And let's see, what have I missed? Anger. So mm. anger is always a tough one for me. Mm. Maybe anger just around the fact that um, I have bad teeth. Mm. Like I do feel anger in that. Somebody asked me, I think it was my daughter-in-law that said, well, where does that come from? And I said, my mother, I think <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, hereditary, I don't know mm. if that's true or not, but, um, my siblings also have bad teeth. Wow. So, and then, uh, did I express lonely? Mm, maybe, maybe not. I think mm. that, um, gracious, this whole thing's about my tooth, mm. but I do feel lonely at times because I think you don't have the same issues that I do. Mm in, in my teeth. And so I think I feel all alone at times wow. with dealing with mm. my teeth issues. Yeah. So. Get that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. cool. I connect so much with that. Wes and I've gotten in multiple fights over teeth in the oh, past, which is wow. so ironic Wow. Okay. <laughs> because wow. I am like you and I have bad teeth mm. no matter what I do. I am like, 
over the top of taking care of them. He does nothing. The man is good to brush his teeth maybe once a day. And then we'll go to the dentist and they look at him and they're like, it's perfect. Wow. They look great. And I'm like, don't tell him that. He needs to floss, you know? And so I, um, man, tooth pain is the worst. Yeah. I really, yeah. I know yeah. so, and I, I don't know if it's a woman, if it's more common for women mm. because my mom also had bad teeth. Mm. And um, so- I relate. Mm. And it also is just a reminder of how much our health, mm. when we feel yep. physical pain, wow. yeah. it just knocks Exhausting, everything yeah. off course. Yeah. And also to tie this back in, our brains can't distinguish emotional mm. pain from physical yep. pain. Yep. Wow. So being in disconnect with your partner for long periods of time yep. zaps you out just as much as a bad toothache. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And so Good I reminder. think that's. Yeah. So incredible to yeah. to recognize now. Um, I hope that today's episode mm. um, connected you um, with us and just knowing that if you ever feel resistant to the will or to asking your partner or connecting, it's probably because there's a lower level emotion that you're experiencing, whether it's fear of being hurt again mm. or shame that you have actually been the one that was off you know we mm. all every human is is capable and responsible none of us are perfect 100 percent of the time mm. um for you to recognize what's happening with you sharing your vulnerability first or approaching your partner and asking them where's the hurt mm. you know yeah. not are you okay because they're not okay but where is your hurt and let us mm. let's walk through that together so if you have not shared the podcast yet with your friends and family, please do that. Yes. And get on and leave us a five star review yes, because those yes. are so I've go in and I read the reviews. Mm. It's so mm-hmm. exciting to mm-hmm. see how this is impacting people. Um, so thank you all. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank yeah. you, Tara. Yeah. Which leads us to you need this. You deserve this. Oh, let's, let's do, do this. this. Let's do this. Let's do this.